0: This is the Ronin Rabbits, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Episode 77 is on its way. Beware, there are spoilers. Feedback can be tweeted at Productions. The Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page is where I post the episodes on Facebook. On Google+, I post them on the Ronin Rabbits page. Usagi podcast at gmail.com is the email and bigtimenoise.com slash Ronan Rabbit is the website. The main topic is volume three, issue number four of Usagi Yojimbo's Namesake, as published through Dark Horse Comics in July of nineteen ninety-six. The story is entitled Bats, the Cat and the Rabbit. Mayamoto Usagi Chisu the Return of the Komori Ninja and the Return of the Nico Ninja are all our main characters. Now the book opens with six panels. Uh, a nice, nice layout of the panels as well. Four on top, a small fifth panel in uh, filling up the top half of the page, and then the whole bottom half of the page is a panel. I just like the way it goes. It strikes me as being v- very. Uh, uh, like cinema, cinema cinematograph, cinema, cinematographic, cinem- like a, like a movie, whatever the word is. Cinematography is the well, whatever. We see a figure riding a horse coming up on us, squishing bugs, riding beneath us as we have a tree point of view, and then finally we're down on the ground as the horse rides past us, Tokagi scattering. Um, I did notice that the saddle that the female rider is using is a rigid, U-shaped saddle. I didn't look it up, but I believe it's, it's a period-specific style of saddle. We see the individuals being chased by Kimori ninjas. And uh, those new to the show, Kimori ninjas come in the shape of bats with the leading edge of their wings from the tip to where their hands are sharpened into sword blades, so they can wield those wing edges as we do swords. The individual, who I recognized as Chizu as soon as I saw her, jumps off her horse with her collapsible Kama in hand. Unfortunately, the horse succumbs to the attack, but Chizu does not. Two, four, six. She's now surrounded by six Kimori ninja. She uses shuriken to take out three. A hollow uh, construct, probably a piece of bamboo with some sort of powder in it, to take out two others. And the sixth one she faces hand-to-hand... Having the high ground, it seems to get the upper hand as it tackles her, but in the flipping and flopping subsequent to the tackle by the ninja, uh, Chisu apparently kills the ninja, snapping its neck. Either she did it or it did it in the tumble, but not before she sustained a pretty major wound to her side. Um, injury enough that she determines she needs to seek shelter and, and heal. We cut next to Usagi, who is uh, wandering the countryside at night, as for some reason Usagi is wont to do. He comes upon an old temple, but he senses something as, as he walks in, flips the katana out uh, a thumbs width. You know how they'll put their thumb under the uh, boken, I believe it's called, and flip the sword up to make it that much quicker to pull out of the scabbard. Looks around and realizes the temple's empty. He says, I, I guess I'm just getting paranoid. Yawns, sets his sword in the corner there and, and goes to the corner himself so that he cannot be attacked from the back. He's against the wall. He can see the entire temple. As he's sleeping, somebody yells from outside and he goes to see who it is and it's more of the Komori Ninja. Asking if he has seen a female ninja, uh, Kanoichi, indicates no, which is at this point true. He hasn't seen anyone. They investigate, go inside, look around, because they don't trust him, and they tell him, "Uh, nothing here, we'll go on. Oh, by the way, there is a reward, so if you see or light a signal fire, and we'll bring you your reward. Yeah, like any of us would ever trust a Komori. He goes back to uh, his corner, and just as he's drifting off, something drips onto the floor, and he sees there's a small puddle, and the drip wore blood, both of them. Looking up at what he figures would be the source, he sees on one of the big cross timbers uh, someone up there. He goes to the top, and he sees that it's a woman who has lashed herself to the timber to keep from falling as she moved around in her sleep. He lowers her down and realizes that it is indeed Chisu, who we have not seen since Volume Two, Issue Number Three. According to Usagi, he helps uh, nurse her a little bit. In the process, he sees as he lowered down a uh, a scroll case fell out of uh, out of her. Apparently, he just as he's helping her, he just picks it up and and sticks it in his robe to give back to her later, but is tending to her, giving her water. She suddenly wakes up and attacks him, uh, again with the collapsible comma. She finally recognizes Usagi, and they have a little tete-a-tete here. She catches him up on what we have seen up until now. She treated her wounds, she indicated, and Mr. Sakai tells us, so it must be significant somehow, with... Tomaru seaweed from Nagusagori, which I didn't look that up. I guess I should have, but I'm not sure if that is related to the seaweed story that we have had previously or not. She says it helped her. It'll it'll help her wounds. Then she can just do the uh, ninja resuscitation. She doesn't have to get a full night's sleep. And he asks if it helps with nosebleeds because when she attacked him upon waking, uh, she broke his nose. They quiet down. They whisper to each other. They can sense the Komori ninja. They go outside and sure enough, they're being listened to. She uses her shuriken to take out one of the Komori ninja who is not dead. And so in being grounded attacks and Usagi finishes it off. The other one gets away. They decide they need to go because now the Komori that left knows their location and can go and bring back more. They find that they whatever weren't quick enough or didn't go in the right direction or whatever happens, but they are waylaid by one of the Komori using her Kama. Chisu fells it, but right behind it are about six or eight more. They fight them off, Usagi and Chisu as best they can, but. Having the high ground and having numbers, they're kind of overwhelmed. They decide that out in the open, uh, they are at a disadvantage. But perhaps if in the trees, the uh, ability to move around is diminished, they will have they will be at less of a disadvantage, perhaps even an advantage. So they run into the forest itself. The Komori ninjas rush into the trees also, and because of their blades, they start hacking up the tops of the trees, and it becomes much, uh, in my mind, like a a sawdusty, thick sawdusty kind of atmosphere that they, they cause. Everyone loses track of everyone else until suddenly one of the Komori dives down, grabs Chizu, and flies up out of the forest with her. She lodges her kama, In his chest, he drops her. She is again captured by another Komori on the ground because she was stunned, and before Usagi could get to her, one of the Komori got to her. They tell Usagi that they want the scroll, and he's like, oh, this, and he pulls it out of his robe and gives it to him. And they fly off. Well, see, she says that they have to follow, they being Chisu and... Usagi, have to follow the Komori because on the scroll inside is a formula developed by a Kagaku Sha, a foreign scientist, for a better type of black powder. Uh, Now, recently, we saw that Lord Tamakuro was using a black powder in an attempt to overthrow the Shogun. And this is supposed to be even better than that black powder. It was brought to the shores of Japan by the southern barbarians, who we're told are trading ships that arrive via Macau in the south of Japan. They travel north. We see the formula is taken to a... Um, let's see, a kashira, first of all. He is the chief... The person that brought the scroll to him is referred to as a chunin, an officer. And they discuss whether or not they should take the information to the jonin, a clan leader or not. This ninja says, no, we'll take care of it ourselves. And when I have perfected what is on this scroll, I will become the new jonin. And that's where the chunin signifies, yes, kichira. It's a black powder formula. The Kachira says now for the final step. The ingredients have to be baked under pressure to activate their potential. Is the kiln ready? He says yes. We go to Usagi and Chisu. She is catching him up on what I said previously about the gunpowder and who made it and where it comes from. Suddenly there's a huge explosion in the cave on the side of the mountain. We see several of the Nico Ninja thrown out of the cave. The explosion is so great. Usagi says, that wasn't an earthquake. No, but it was what we were waiting for. Because you see, to protect the recipe on the scroll, there was an additional set of verbal instructions. And the verbal instructions indicated to forego the final step. Do not do the final step. And in doing that, they set off the gunpowder, killing themselves. Little discussion here between Chiso and Usagi. He says, both you and the Komori ninjas lost. She said, no, we came out even. But all your dead comrades, a ninja's duty... In life is death. You can't really believe that. Don't you see? I have to, or I'll go mad with grief. And she kisses him passionately and then turns and runs off, saying, We'll meet again, Usagi. And he says, Yes, I'm afraid we will. No story notes this time. So we have seen Kunoichi, which is the female ninja. A chunin, which is Officer Jonin, which is a clan leader, and Kashira, which is Chief. The Kagaku-sa, which is a scientist. I thought her collapsible kama was really cool. It collapsed into the handle, so then it looked like just a uh, a stud, or a... uh, What is that called? A truncheon? It looked like a truncheon. So... That is all from me, guys. I will talk to you guys next time out to Usagi Volume 3, Number 5, from Dark Horse Comics. Cover dated August 1996. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal Production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.